listen, raise your hand real fast. We, we have got some folks here. We'll be glad to take you one. Uh, We've got some in the middle. Uh, uh, who else? Who else? O- over on this side. Uh, hurry up, Jalen. Hurry up, son. What are you waiting on? My gracious. Think you're here for your looks or something? My goodness. Raise your hand real high. Raise your hand real high if you need a lesson. Real high. He's kind of short, you know. Real high. There we go. Got some on this side. All right. All right. All right. That, that, that short fella right over there needs one. Too tall. All right. All right. Proverbs chapter number two. Does everybody have one? We want to make sure everybody has one. Everybody have one? All right. We are in part two of chapter two tonight. Uh, we, we, did, we covered a lot of stuff last night, more than I wanted to, uh, but we got it. Uh, taken care of. Now we're going to take care of the second part of Proverbs chapter number two. Uh, And we'll begin in verse number, let's see, let's just go back to verse one. We're going to skip and read uh, 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 several verses through here, uh, but we'll just skip and do it, all right? Let's read verse number one together. Let's read verse number one together. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, all right? Verse five, verse five, let's read it. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Verse 12, verse 12, read it with me. To deliver thee from the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things. All right, verse number 20. Now I added one, I added one because the more I was reading it, uh, this one stood out also. Uh, I had you to do, I had you to do uh, if, then, and to, but I want you to circle uh, verse number 20, that. Circle that. So here we have, here we have several words that we're going to look at tonight. The first one is if. All right. What's the next one? Then. Then. All right. What's the next one? Two. What's the next one over here? (laughs) That. All right. Sooner or later we'll be right. Amen. All right. All right. All right, let's read it again. Let's read it again. Let's read verse 1. Read it with me, everybody. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. Verse 5. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Verse 12. To deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things. Verse 20. That thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the path of righteousness. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for a a great crowd tonight in the rain, in the rain. Lord, thank you for their faithfulness of coming out and learning from you. Lord, help us as we dissect each each verse, each part of this chapter. Uh, Help us to understand how important it is to know you and your word. God, I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Before we do our little brief review of what we did last week, I want to I want to read this to you. In the book of Proverbs, in the book of Proverbs, the words path and way, which are the plurals, are found nearly a hundred times in the book of Proverbs. Uh, the word path, words path and way and their plurals are found nearly a hundred times in the book of Proverbs. Wisdom is not only a person to love, but wisdom is also a path to walk. The emphasis in chapters 2, 3, and 4 is on the blessings God's people enjoy when they walk on wisdom's path. The path of wisdom leads to life. Say that with me. The path of wisdom leads to life, but the way of folly leads to death. When you walk on the path of wisdom, you enjoy three wonderful assurances. Wisdom protects your path. That's chapter 2. Wisdom directs your path. That's chapter 3. And wisdom perfects your path. That's chapter 4. Now, life is a highway, right? Life is a road. And see, uh, Brother Buchanan is so carnal because right after that, he thought of the song on the radio. Amen? Life is... No, okay. All right. All right. Dave, you know that one? Let's... let's all right. Uh, life is a path. It's, it's, it's what we do. It's who we are. It's our everyday, everyday decision-making it's who we are, where we go, what we do, what we accomplish, and it's a path. Now, chapter 2 uh, has that word in it several, several times. And, and what we're going to see, what we're going to see is there are, there are things and there are people who are going to come across our path. 
God wants our path to be a path of righteousness. God wants our path to be a path of blessing. God wants our path. You say, how do you know? Because he said, the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The word of God is very clear when it comes to how God feels about us. He loves us like we were his only child, as the song said. He loves us with an everlasting love. He has a heartbeat for us. He loves us. And it's, it's not conditional. Our love usually is conditional. We will love for what somebody will do for us, or we will do for others what somebody will do for us. God is not that way. God is love. Now, here's the deal. When you love somebody, you want the best for them. If you go look in, if you go look in, in Corinthians and uh, 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 chapter number 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you'll find out all of the declaration of love. And, and it says charity is this and charity is that, basically love. And, and, and love always looks for the best interests of the one that the love is toward. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, here's the deal. God wants the best for you. God wants you to get the best out of life. Now, this is the way this works. You say, why does the focus keep coming back to the Word of God? It keeps coming back, and, and you'll see it over and over and over again as we go through this. Uh, you'll find out this. He is the architect. God is the architect. He is the designer of life. He is the one that put all this together. He knows what it's going to take for it to run properly. He knows what it's going to take for you to get the very best out of life, for you to get the very best out of your circumstances, for you to have the very best response to whatever comes your way. God knows best. Amen. And he wants you, and he knows what to tell you and how to, how to get the greatest, the greatest productivity out of life, to get the greatest adventure out of life, to get the greatest blessing out of life. So if that's the case... We need to find out what he wants to tell us. But we cannot do that if we neglect the word of God. Because the only thing we know about life is in that book. And the only thing that we know about how to live it properly and how to get the best out of it is in that book. Amen? So now, we're on the path. People are going to come our way to get us off the right path. It's going to happen, and we're going to talk about that in this particular chapter. So here's the review from last week. We have if, then, to, that. If, then, to, that. And we're going to, we covered basically the if last week. If we will take measures in our life, if we'll do what? Look in, look in the front part of your notes, the front part of your notes. Three things that, that we said we must do. First, there's an information we must attain. We have to get his word. But verse 1, my son... If thou will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. Uh, that is basically reading and learning and memorizing. Thy word have I hid in my heart. I've kept it in my heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart. You say, why is it so important? Because you don't, you, you, you don't need to have to look up something when you're facing a temptation. That's like, that's like when you're fixing to be robbed, say, sir, can you let me go get my gun real quick? <laughs> right? What happened, what happened when the devil tempted the Lord in the wilderness? Everything he came to him with, he said, it is written, and then told him what was written. He was ready. Now, that's a lot easier when, you're, when you are the word, amen? But he was well aware of the word. He didn't use any other power but the Word of God to get the job done. Why? Because he knew you would have that. You would need that ability. He used what you can use every day of your life to defeat the devil. And he says, if you will receive my words and hide them, keep them. Now, I'm not saying uh, it's, it's necessary for you to have the whole Bible memorized because I don't think a human being on earth can do that. Some people might. I don't know, but, but it, it would be an impossible task. But I would do this. I would know my weaknesses and have a bunch of bullets ready for them so that when the devil come and tempt me with the areas of my weakness, I would have a verse for that so I could quote back to him. Does that make sense? Say amen. Now, first, we, there's some information we have to attain. We have to make an effort. We have to read. We have to study. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman needs not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. So, 
Not only that, but there's instruments we activate. How do we get this information? Through our, our, our ears, our mouth, and our heart. Three things he says there. We're to, we're to listen intently. When we come and we have an instructor or we have a teacher or we have a guide, we need to listen. Our focus needs to be on what we need to learn, not on what's going to be playing on TV. Uh, listen, everybody needs to understand, you don't get extra credit for showing up. Now, here's, here's the deal. Now, probably everybody, everybody in this room would just have to say, yeah, we're guilty, I'm guilty, because I, I, sometimes I've gone to church because I was supposed to. I didn't get nothing when I went, but I went because I was supposed to. A Christian's supposed to go to church. So when it was church time, I went to church. But guess what? I wasted my time. Because I didn't go looking, I didn't go to listen, I go to, because somewhere in, in, in my psyche, somewhere in the back of my head, it was ingrained in me that that's what you're supposed to do, so you do that, and somehow you get credit with God for that. So why are you saying all that? Do you want people to stop coming? No. I want you to start listening when you do. Because it's so easy. It's so, I tell you this, I tell you this, this weekend, this weekend, it was, a, it was a very difficult task to stay focused because we had six services going on, and I'm thinking, okay, please, Ashley, don't fall in this hole. Demons, please don't fall and break nothing, amen. Uh, please don't drop the cross on the front, you know, and... and so there's so many things going on, and, and, and I have to consciously focus, focus. I'm here to worship. I'm here to receive what, I, what I'm here. Now, uh, uh, some of y'all may be here because you're, 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 you know, your kids are there, so you've got to have something to do to your kids. But just as soon as them kids get here we go. That's not going to gain you any credit. It's not going to give you any more ability than you have today. Now, I'm telling you, the devil's real, and the devil's fighting, and you're fighting temptation every day. Best thing we can do is come and listen and focus, all right? He says, put your heart into it. Now, watch what, watch what it says right here in, in verse number 2. Incline thine ear unto wisdom. That means listen intently. Apply thine heart to understanding. Is your heart in what you're doing? Is your heart in this journey, this wisdom search your own? Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, liftest up thy voice for understanding. If thou seekest her to silver and searchest for, for hid treasures. In other words, ask, ask, gain, learn, seek, look out. Don't just say, you know, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. Don't have a lackadaisical attitude when it comes to wisdom and knowledge and the truth of God's word. Amen? Amen. Now, the initiative we apply, treat it as a treasure. Go after it. Let it be important to you. I've, I've, I'm, I'm seeing something every single day. We are so, so convenience-minded. It's so about convenience. And if there's any ripple whatsoever, if there's any friction whatsoever, if there's any you know, obstacle whatsoever. Most modern day Christians are not about it. But you got to understand, we got the word of God from Christians who were bold in oil, who were skinned alive, who were crucified upside down. It wasn't about convenience. It was about sacrifice. And modern day Christianity has no clue about what sacrifice means. And if it's, I've learned this, if it's important, I will figure out a way to do it. If I really want to do it, if I really want to, there, there, you ever heard that phrase where there's a, there is a, and that is true. And if you find yourself constantly making excuses of why you can't or why you shouldn't or why this, then you, then you really don't want to, if the truth be known. Amen? Seek it as silver. Seek it as a treasure, wisdom, knowledge. All right, now, let's jump into, let's jump into the, the then all right? If we gain knowledge, if we study the Word, if we seek after God, if we ask for wisdom, if we ask God to move, this is what's going to take place. It says this in verse number 5. All right? Let's pick up in verse number 5. 
when we're seeking it, when we're reaching out for it, when we're searching for it, then this is what's going to happen. Verse 5, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Two things right here. First, I want you to see the involvement we anticipate. This is what's going to happen when we are doing our part. This is what's going to happen. First, there's two, there's two uh, 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 entities that are involved here. First, the saints and the sovereign. What's going to happen in us? What's going to happen in us? As we begin to learn about God, as we begin to study God's word, as we begin to learn about who he is and who we are, as we begin to learn how powerful he is, how mighty he is, how wonderful he is, how pure and holy and righteous he is, we're going to develop a fear of the Lord. Now, what does that mean? It means it's simple, a, 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 a holy, godly respect. Two things here. In the saints' involvement, verse 5, verse 5, the saints' involvement, verse 5, there's two things under there I want you to see. First is attitude adjustment. Write that down. Don't you love that word? An attitude adjustment. You know, there's, there's some problems, there's some problems in most Christians' life that a simple attitude adjustment would fix. An attitude adjustment. As, as we learn a healthy, holy respect for God, it changes everything. It changes how we worship. It changes how we treat people. It changes how we treat God. Now watch this. First thing that takes place as we make that initiative, as we study, and as we work to gain wisdom, he says the first thing's going to happen, verse 5, thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord. Your attitude's going to be different. You're going to fear God. You're going to respect Him. Now, God doesn't. The best way to explain this: if you had a decent father. Now, now everybody didn't have that, and and, and sometimes it's hard for us preachers to understand. Everybody didn't have a good daddy, and some daddies mis, mis, mistreated their their children and abused their children. And that's not what I'm talking about. They are a very poor example of who our Father in heaven is. God does not want you to fear him as a slave owner or a taskmaster. That's not what the fear of the Lord here in this represents. I had a good dad. I had a good dad. He was a great father. He loved us and took care of us and would uh, uh, correct us. Are y'all with me? I grew up before Ridland. I grew up before Time Out. I grew up for all that stuff. I grew up in the generation of spare the rod, spoil the child. It's the only verse my dad memorized in the whole Bible. And he would correct us. If he said no, he meant no. And, and there was no counting. There was no countdown. I don't know where that come from. There was no count. It was now. And, and, are y'all with me? And I loved him with all of my heart. But I feared him. And I respected him. And he meant what he said, and I knew he meant what he said, and I respected him. But I would do anything for him. He was my hero. I loved him. That's the same principle, that we are not to be cowering down to God as, you know, like this slave owner, he's this whip, and he's going he's gonna to throw lightning bolts at us. But we need to have a healthy respect, a godly fear, a godly respect for who he is. And the more you learn about him and the more you study the Bible, you will find a healthy Respect and fear of the Lord. All right. An attitude adjustment. Number two, write this down. Write this down. Not only do we find an attitude adjustment, we find there's an awareness accumulated. You learn more and more about him. You learn more and more about him. And the more you learn about him, the more you appreciate him. The more you learn about him, the more you love him. The more you learn about him, it says in verse 5, you not only have a change in attitude, it says, but then you find the knowledge of God. And knowledge is information, information of God. All right? Now, verse 6. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh uh, knowledge and understanding. Now, what comes out of your mouth? Say it. Words. This is the word of God. All right, so where are we going to get the knowledge we need to gain the wisdom we need? You remember, knowledge is information. Wisdom is the right use of information. First, we have to gain information from the, from the Word. Then as we gain information from the Word, we'll get wisdom from the Word. Amen? Now watch. Now watch. 
First, we find the saints' involvement. Then we find the sovereign's involvement. Where did, what does God do in this situation? What does God do when he, when he steps in? When he steps in, as he sees his children on the path, he sees his children on the path of life, uh, uh, going through the routine of life, going to work, uh, uh, going to school, uh, uh, going to your whatever, whatever it is that you do uh, in, in, in your, your recreation time, whatever it is, you're on the path, you're living your life. You're raising your family, uh, you're doing your thing. Whatever it is that you do, you're on the path and you try. Now, ultimately, ultimately, always remember this. Ultimately, ultimately, ultimately. I don't care what book that's been written and says the purpose of life. And they say this and that. You know, God, God made you to be his friend. You know, that's not technically true. He wants to be your friend. He wants to love you and he wants you to love him. But the purpose of your existence on planet earth is to glorify God. Period. Period. I mean, that's, that's it. That's, that is the purpose of uh, the creation and everything was to bring glory to God. Remember, his power cannot be magnified. He's all-powerful. His knowledge cannot grow or, or become more. He's all-knowing. He's, all, he's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere, all the time, anywhere. There's nowhere you can go where he ain't, where he is not. All right? I got <laughs> Are y'all with me? There's only one attribute of God that can be magnified or grow or become more of, and that is his glory. That's why the word of God says very clearly, he will not share his glory. He will share his home. He will share his love. He will share his resources. He will share his son. He will share everything. He said, but my glory will I share with no one. So we're here to glorify him. Basically this, if you want to just break it down in even more simpler terms, we're here to make him look good. We're here to make him look good. So here we are on the path. Here we are on the path of our life. Whether we're a doctor, on the doctor's path, on a lawyer's path, on a, on, on a plumber's path, on a painter's path, on a preacher's path, on whatever that might be, whatever life you're living, wherever, wherever, whatever, this is a crude way to say it, but whatever cards you've been dealt, whatever station or situation you are in your life, whatever you are, you are there to bring God glory. That is our ultimate job. So here we are on this path, and God says, this is how to do it. If you will seek me, if you will learn of me, if you will find out about me, I promise you this, this is what's going to take place. Now watch this next verse. It says we're going to have an attitude adjustment. We're going to, we're going to learn, and, and there's going to be an awareness of God. Then, then watch verse number 6. For the Lord giveth wisdom, for out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom. For the righteous, all right? First, number one, he will provide. Put that, he will provide. The Lord giveth wisdom. The Lord giveth wisdom. It's coming from him, Ecclesiastes 2.26. For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight, wisdom and knowledge and joy. You get that? For God, say those three words, for God giveth, say it again. For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight, wisdom, knowledge, and joy. But the sinner he giveth travail, to gather and to heap up. In other words, that word travail means a hard time. Travail is the word they use for labor when a woman is in labor for her child. A difficult time, a hard time to gather and to heap up, that he may give to him that is good before God. This also, now check that out. He gives to the man that is right in his eyes wisdom, knowledge, and joy. But to the sinner he giveth travail to gather and heap up that he may give to him that is good before. In other words, that the sinner can give to the saint. Did you get that? Amen. Luke 21, 15. Luke 21, 15. This is, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples when he sent them out. He said, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all of your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. How many of y'all want to win an argument? Let me change that. How many of y'all want to win a theological discussion? Honestly, how many of y'all sometimes worry about not having the right answer to give to somebody? And sometimes you've, you've been in a discussion with somebody and you didn't have the right answer. 
And then, listen, God says, I'll tell you what to say. I'll tell you, listen, when you, because I'm telling you, the, 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 the more that time goes by and the more we see what's happening in this planet, uh, you're going to find yourself at odds against society, at odds against people, because they are getting more and more brazen out there. And I'm seeing less and less Christians stand up. And I'm telling you, we need Christians that are going to be bold as a lion. Are y'all with me? He said, be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. I don't think we need to be cowing down to everybody. I think we need to know what we know, believe what, we, what the Bible says, and stand up and let it be known. And if we'll do our part, God says, I will give you that. I, will t- I mean, I've been in counseling sessions, and, and I'm thinking, holy moly, what am I going to say here? And then I just start talking, and I'm thinking, holy moly, again. And God gives you everything to say. Everything. Everything that will solve the issue. Everything that will solve the problem. And there's no question about it. I know exactly where it comes from. Say, so, oh, that's a, ooh. This, this Bible's for everybody. And it's God, it's, it's not because he's a good preacher or he's a good teacher. Oh, man. It's because he's lined out and done what this book says. If you will make an effort and take the initiative to study and learn about God and pray and seek his face, he will give you that wisdom. Amen. Amen. Listen, he said, I will give you a mouth and wisdom which nobody can stand against. Nobody will be able to resist the wisdom that I give you. James 1, 5. If, uh, what's the next three words? If, if, isn't that cool? So that means anybody in this building right now as I speak, you have an ability and an opportunity to come to God and get wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. God will provide. God will give us wisdom. Number two. Not only will he give wisdom, not only will he provide, verse 6. Then verse 7, it says, He layeth up sound wisdom for righteousness. He is a, what's that word? Buckler to them that walk uprightly. He will not only provide, he will protect. The word buckler is the word shield. He will be a shield. He will protect you. That's great, man. Watch this, watch this. We're on the path. We're on the path. And we come up to a situation where we want to purchase something. We want to purchase a car. We want to purchase a house. Or we want to purchase a... And, 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 and here we are fixing to make a choice. Here we are fixing to make a decision. And God will protect you and say, uh-uh, that's a lemon. Or, uh, no, you cannot afford this. Yes, the payment seems small, but it will bite you in a little while. Y'all with me? God will protect you. No, this turkey is not one you need to be dating. Listen, hey, let me tell you something. The worst mistake some people make in their life is the one they choose to hang out with. And, and, and then when, now nah, I'm not going there. Just trust me. God will protect you. There's things that he needs to protect us from. And when when we have the wisdom that we need, when we seek him, he said, I will be your shield. When people come against you, I will be your shield. When problems come your way, I will be your shield. I will be your buckler. There's one cool part about a shield. Because sometimes when you have to use a shield, you're not doing anything. You are hiding behind. What does the Bible call? What does the Bible call uh, the shield of faith? What does that mean? Sometimes in your life, all you're going to be able to do is sit back behind faith and trust God. He said, "I will be your shield. Not only will I provide, not only will I protect. I will protect." But then number three, he says this in verse number eight. He keepeth the paths of judgment and 
preserveth the way of his saints. He said he will preserve. He will provide. He will protect. Verse 8, he will preserve. You say, what, what, what do you mean by that? Deuteronomy 29.5. He's speaking of the nation of Israel uh, as they came through the wilderness. Forty years in the wilderness. No Walmart. No, no dress shops. No shoe stores. Y'all with me? But watch what it says. It says in Deuteronomy 29.5, And I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxing old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxing old upon thy foot. Why? What did God do for them? Preserve. Preserve. He will preserve our path. Listen, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there, there's so, so much that God wants to do for us that we're not taking advantage of. God knows on our path, God knows on our path, when we're making decisions and we're making choices and we're doing things, uh, he knows that we, he needs to give us wisdom. He, needed, he needs to give us what we need to, to stay safe on the path. Not just to stay safe on the path, but to stay productive on the path. And he will preserve our way. Keep it where it needs to be. Amen? Now watch this. Watch this. This next verse is really important. In the, in, 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 uh, the next verse, verse number 9. Verse number 9, he says this. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity... Yea, every good path. Yea, every good path. Uh, you got to stay off the bad ones. So there's three things. Three things he says you're going to get. Three things you're going to understand. Three things that you're going to be able to comprehend that's very important. First, he says, righteousness. Watch this. Verse number 9. Then shalt thou understand righteousness. Now, what is righteousness? Very simple. This is not complicated. This is an easy, easy study and definition. What's right? What's right? I cannot tell you how many times that somebody has come to me and said, Preacher, I just want to know what's I just want to know what's right. I just want to know what's the right thing to do. I just want to know what's right. Thousands of times in our life, we're going to be faced with decisions. We're going to be faced with choices we're going to have to make. How many of y'all know life is all about choices? You chose to come tonight. You decided to get out of bed this morning. Every, every step of your life, you have a choice. I'm, I'm choosing to turn right or to stay straight. I'm choosing to speed or go to speed limit. I'm choosing to eat or I'm choosing not to. Right? Now, how many times have we chosen the wrong things? And so when we begin to understand righteousness, what is right? How many of y'all like to know every, every decision you make is the right one? Now watch. I caught you. You see... Sometimes we've made decisions we didn't know what was the right one. But God said, I will let you know the right one, but then you're still going to have to make the choice to do it. Righteousness. Righteousness. What's the second word he says? Judgment. All right, you know what that means? It means discretion and decision making. Have you ever been told by a counselor or by a principal or by your parent, you showed very poor? And what they're saying is that was a very bad decision. I want to make good decisions. Man, I want to, I want to be known for good judgment. Well, you better follow that one because what, what, normally whatever, whatever that person decides or whatever that person does, it's usually right. Wouldn't you like to be known to be that guy? Or that person that was so in tune with God that when they asked a question, you know, you better follow him. 
You're not always going to like what they say. But it's right. Amen? Now, he says, this is what I'm going to do for you. You're going to understand righteousness. You're going to understand judgment. And then equity. Equity. All that means is even or equal. Isn't it amazing how concerned God is with justice and fairness and people being treated right? He talks about an unjust balance in the book of Proverbs and basically cheating people. God doesn't take too kindly with people oppressing people that can't help themselves and, 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 and the rich oppressing the poor or anything of that nature, uh, uh, the strong oppressing the weak. Uh, he likes and appreciates justice and equity. Now, God wants us to be that way. God wants us to know what is the right thing. God wants us to have the ability to make good decisions. Now, how does he do that? This is great. Please, please perk up right here and listen to this. God will use two things to help you make decisions in your life. Two main things. And this is if you have nobody. Now, there is a third, which is counsel. The Bible says there's safety in the multitude of counsel. So I, I really believe in counsel. I really do. But I, I'm telling you, I believe with all of my heart a lot of counsel is a, is a waste of time because you skipped out on the first two. And if you wouldn't skip out on the first two, you wouldn't need counsel. Preacher, what are you saying? Two things. Two things. They're very important. First, Scripture. What does the Bible say about the decision I am fixing to make? What does the Bible say about the purchase I'm fixing to make? What does the Bible say about this person I'm choosing to date or I'm going to marry? You will save yourself a whole lot of heartache in your life if you will just find out what does the Bible say. Why? 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 Why do I got to do that? just sounds so religious and it just sounds like you're just trying to make us all churchy and all. It's the guidebook. The architect of life who knows everything that's going to make you happy and going to make you sad wrote a book about how to make you happy. So why would we be so arrogant and so foolish not to read the handbook? Well, I like him. I think he's going to make me happy. If the word says he's not, he's not. And then you... <laughs> Trust me on this. The scripture is always right. Now watch. Second thing. Second thing. He gives us the scripture. That's the guidebook. But then, this is really important. Then he uses the spirit of God. And the spirit will always, this is so great. The spirit will always back up what the scriptures say. You say, what is the spirit? He's the cheerleader for the scripture. Because when, when the preacher stands up and he's preaching the scripture, the Holy Spirit's in your heart saying, that's right. Amen. You better listen. Hey, all Sunday, all six million services we've done I, it, listen you know what calls people to react and to move because I was over there quoting scripture and when I was quoting scripture the Holy Ghost was out in the audience saying uh-huh you know he's right when he said thou art a sinner you a sinner and when he said sin must be paid for their their blood pressure was going up their heart was beating faster why because the holy spirit and the holy scriptures were working together and it was causing a chain reaction that's why paul said the power of god is in the gospel i am not ashamed of the gospel of the it is the power of god unto salvation and when you need to know something 
And when you need to make a decision, if you will read the Word of God and see what does God say about this decision I'm fixing to make, and you say, help me, Lord, give me wisdom, the Holy Spirit will come in here and say, no. Or he'll come in and say, yes. And then that's it. But we will bypass both of them, and we will ask everybody in the world, what do they think about it? It's, I was, I was, anybody ever listen to Dave Ramsey? Anybody listen to Dave Ramsey? Anybody ever in here been broke? Maybe you're broke now. Listen to Dave Ramsey. I was listening to him. This, this <laughs> it was so funny. I'll tell you, he's got a sense of humor, but he can be a little, whoo. But, hey, he's got his own radio show. Who, who am I? Amen. This, this person was telling me, and I think I need to do this, and I think, but, but, but then so-and-so, and I think, I don't remember whether it was a family member or, or what it was, but they were saying, no, you shouldn't do that. That's bad advice. This is what you need to do. And, and he done had all he could stand, and he said, this is what I'm telling you you need to do. You need to do this, 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 and this. And then the last thing and the most important thing, quit listening to broke people. Quit getting advice from people that are broke and are in debt. They don't have good advice. Hello? Holy Spirit, what do you think? I even go a step further. Since I'm running a rabbit, let's go ahead and chase it. We'll do this. We'll read the Scripture. I don't like it. The Holy Spirit's jumping up and down in our heart and our soul saying, no! And then we'll go to the preacher. You, what do you think about this situation? And usually if you have to ask him if it's right, you already know it's wrong. You're just trying to ease your conscience about it. Hello? We're getting a little close tonight, but we need this. Because I'm telling you, there are so much, so many heartaches we could avoid. So I don't like it. There's been a lot of times God told me something I didn't like. I'll, I'll give you an example. In 19... Uh, 1999, 1999, I was, I was living in uh, Barnwell, South Carolina. I was pastoring a little church over there, and uh, man, it was just, God just done an incredible deal over there, and, and, and he told me it's time, it's time, you're, you're done, you're done. Uh, and, and so I'm praying and, and, and seeking God's will, in a church down in Okeechobee, Florida. I know that sounds like a funny name, but if you're from Florida and if you ever seen that little blue dot on the map, that's Okeechobee. Uh, Okeechobee Lake uh, there in Florida, uh, New Testament Baptist Church called me and said, we want you to come down and, and candidate, you know, all right, you got to understand this, some of the best bass fishing in all of America and 20 minutes from the ocean, need I say more? And all of my family down there, I mean, I mean, that's, this, is, this is God's will, man. This is perfect. Well, I say, yeah, man, I'll be glad to come. And, and the whole time I'm talking to the guy on the phone, God's saying, uh-uh. I'll be glad to come. Uh-uh. So I get on a train. Head down. All the way. All the way. No. No. You know it's no. I get down there and preach whole time. It's like God standing beside me just like this while I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to minister to people. And he's standing here, uh-uh, no, no. <laughs> they do all the interviews and all that stuff. And they asked me, oh, man, I said, yeah, boy, I'd love to be down here, my family and everything's down, blah, 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 blah. The whole time I'm hearing in my ear, no. (laughs) 
all the way home on the train. No. They call. We voted 100%. We want you to come. I said, no. <laughs> what do you mean? You said you wanted to. I said, I do. I said, and I, I, I didn't. I didn't have anything, man. We we lived in the in the, the parsonage of the church. Had three babies. One just got here. I didn't have anything. And here a church is wanting, and I had to say no. Now, you say, well, how did how was you able to say no for that? Because about three or four years before that, uh I decided that, that it was God's will for me to go down to Fort Pierce, Florida and be my dad's assistant. And the whole time God was saying, no, but I didn't care. Because I just felt like I could talk him into it by the time I got down there. <laughs> Can anybody relate to that? It was, it was one of the most difficult times in my life. Just a terrible, terrible, I can't even describe to you. Simply because I did not listen to the Holy Spirit. I didn't follow the scriptures. And I went against what the teacher, the one who God said would give me wisdom and to make the right choices and decisions. And it, it really hurt my family, my personal family, and even my, you know, outside and then moved and, and went back to be where God told me to be to begin with. Here's the point. The more times you make stupid choices, the more experience you've got. And sometimes experience from bad choices gives wisdom unless you don't learn from it. But why don't we just skip all that and just start doing it the right way and then we don't have to have all that pain and suffering. Wouldn't that seem to be the smarter thing to do? Now, I'm not telling on anybody in here. I just told on myself everything. I, I, I've made poor decisions in my life. And every time, and, and, and let me say this, let me say this. The yeses in my life, the yeses, when it was I'm trying to seek God's will about something, the yeses have always been kind of cloudy. In other words, I don't know of any time in my life when I was praying for the will of God for something when the yes was as vivid and loud and in my ear as them no's. Every time there was a no in my life, it was blatantly obvious. God was ringing my bell. But when it comes to yes, for instance, coming out here, Coming out here. How many of y'all have ever heard these people say, uh, uh, I tell you what, I'm one million percent. This is the will of God. I've never had that good of average. I hadn't. I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you. I had, I had a pulling. I had, a, I had a, a desire. I had somewhat of a direction. But to, to, but to say that I was as positive and definitive as them knows, I couldn't do that. And I don't know whether that is God's way of, of letting us operate by faith because we're going to have to step out in faith. So he's not going to make it. It's kind of like Abraham. You remember Abraham? Uh, get up and go to somewhere I'm going to show you. He didn't give him a map. He didn't say, right here's a spot on the map. Turn your GPS to, you know, he didn't do that. He just said, just get up and go to, I'm going to show you. And that takes great faith. But my point is this. When it comes to those, now, now how many of y'all would be willing to just be honest for about five seconds tonight and say that's probably been the case in everybody in here's life? You know, the sad part is there's several, several, several people in this room right now that God's telling you know about something right now. It may be about a decision. 
It may be about a relationship. It may be about something going on in your life. And son, your ears are ringing right now. Well, let me, let me give you some encouragement. It's not going to go away. And not only that, there is a reason behind the no. Because you see, if I would have went to Okeechobee, Florida, I would have been around a lot of my family, and they would not have respected me as the man of God. Because they all still call me Little Malcolm, which is kind of I like right now at this moment. This would have never been here. God knows what he's doing. Oh, but I love him. Or I, th- I just love her. If he's saying no, that won't last. I can't imagine my life without Temple right now. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I cannot even fathom. In, I just, I love the path that God's got me on. But you cannot stay on the path if you don't listen to him. And he will use his word, the words out of his mouth. Remember what that one verse says? In the spirit of God to give you wisdom about what he teaches. Listen. Listen. And if you go to a counselor who does not break out the Bible and say, okay, what's your problem again? So he can see what the Bible says about your problem. You're going to the wrong counselor. Amen. That wasn't in the notes, but we called him, didn't we? We called him. Let's do this quickly. Uh, we got six minutes. Man, we're early. Uh, check this out. You remember he says, if, then, two. There's two types of people that's, that's going to come across your path, all right? Two types of people that we see in this particular chapter is going to come across our path. There, and, and, and by the way, when it uses the woman here, it's talking about an adulteress. And, and he's speaking to a male figure. He, he addresses him as son. But the principle is the same. The principle is the same. So as we look at this, if you're a lady, that would be a man in your situation. If you're a man, that would be a woman and vice versa. Does everybody know what I'm saying with that? Okay, so uh, let's look at this. Two different people that's going to come across your path. He says, listen, I want you to have wisdom and discretion and an and ability to make right choices and good judgment so that you will be delivered, verse 12, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh what? Froward things. Now, that means crooked. In other words, he operates with lies. He operates with deceit. He operates in a way with deception, Okay. Then he says this, who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil, to delight in the forwardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and, thy, and they forward in their paths. Verse 16, to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words. Now watch this, write these two things down. An evil man has forward words or crooked lies, deception. The strange woman here uses flattering words. It's been said before, never listen to people who criticize and never listen to people who flatter. Because they're both just as dangerous. Here we meet the evil man and the strange woman. Two people who are dangerous because they want to lead God's children away from the, the path. Say it with me. They want to lead God's children away from the the path of life. The evil man, the evil man is known for his forward words. He walks on the dark path of disobedience and enjoys doing that which is evil. He belongs to the crowd that Solomon warns us about in chapter 1, verse 10. The person who walks in the way of wisdom, read this with me. Read the underlying part of your notes there. The person who walks in the way of wisdom would immediately detect his deceit and avoid him. You see, we're on our path. We're reading our Bible. We're we're spending time with God. We're praying. We're seeking wisdom. And all of a sudden, this guy wants to make a deal with us and automatically, boom, whoa. You see how that works? You know what's the greatest way to detect a lie? 
know the truth. I've been told this. I don't know if this is true or not, but I've been told this uh, uh, by several sources that 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 people uh, in the in the in the FBI and in the the law enforcement to to be able to detect counterfeit money, they give them the real stuff, and they handle it and they touch it and they look at it and they examine it for hour upon hour upon hour upon hour upon hour, and then as soon as they get a counterfeit, it stands out like a sore thumb. So you know what the best way to deal with falsehoods in your life and rumors in your life and lies in your life and deception in your life? Know the real thing. And if we have this truth, if we've been seeking this truth and God gives us wisdom, when somebody comes to you with deception, you're going to know it right right off the bat. Now watch this. There's another another, uh, influence in our life that can mess us up. The strange woman, now remember I said this, if you're a lady, that would be a strange man to you. All right, same principle. All right, the women, the strange woman is the adulteress, the wayward wife described so vividly in chapter 7. If the evil man uses perverse words to snare the unwary, the adulteress uses flattering words. Now watch this, uh, read what I underlined. Read what I underlined here. Someone has said that flattery isn't communication, it is... It's people telling us things about ourselves that we enjoy hearing and wish were true. Somebody say amen. It's not communication. It is manipulation. Be careful the one that's complimenting you all the time. Ladies, be careful that one is complimenting you all the time. They're up to something. You say, oh, but but no, no, you really want to hear it, and you need to hear it, but you're just hearing it from the wrong person. And you're wanting it to be true, and you're saying, oh, he's just a good guy. No, he's manipulating. If he was a good guy, he wouldn't be flirting with a married person. And vice versa. Amen? Listen. I wish I had more than a minute and 18 seconds. I'll tell you that right now. The strange woman knows how to use flattery successfully. She has no respect for God because she breaks his law. She has no respect for her husband because she violates the promises she made to him when she married him. She no longer has a guide in the Lord and in her husband because she has taken the path of sin. Anyone who listens to her words and follows her path is headed for the cemetery. Look at verse 19. None that go unto her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of life. Listen, be careful. Be careful. There is some smooth talkers in this world. Say amen. And by the way, on the opposite side of that, guys, flatter her so nobody else will. And ladies, listen, flatter him. He needs it. Men have issues. We could use all we can get. Make him feel important. Make him feel like he's a king. Maybe he'll start treating you like a queen. In both ways. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to wait till he starts. No, you start. You just start and do what God calls you to do. Let God handle him. He's bigger than you. You remember that illustration about little Johnny not wanting to stick his hand in the gumballs because the, the guy's hands was bigger than his? Same principle works with discipline. You can't correct them like God can. His belt's bigger than yours. Amen? Let's, let's do it. Let's, 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 hey, let's protect our spouses. Let's do everything we can to make them feel special so they don't fall prey to a stranger. Then let's look at number four quickly. We see the influence we adapt. Verses 20 and 21 and 22. Two things, write these things down and we'll pray. First, we see the examples we follow. If we will do these things on our path, watch what God's going to allow us to run into. Verse 20, that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of righteousness. If you will follow the Lord, if you will be sensitive and seek wisdom, seek knowledge, God will let you run into good people. God will let you run into good people. God will let good people find their way into your life and be a great influence. Why do we need that? Because the Bible says, Proverbs 13, 20, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. 
He that walketh with wise men shall be, but a, a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Psalms 119.63 says, I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. I love hanging out with God's people, don't you? I need good influences in my life. I need people that want to be holy like I want to be holy. I need people that want to walk with God like I want to walk with God. And he will give us those examples to follow. Then we see an exhortation we find in verse 21. Here's what it all boils down to, people. For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect, now that doesn't mean without mistake, it means complete there or mature, all right? And the perfect shall remain in it, but, read it with me, but the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. Let's stay on the path. I don't know why I got way off on that other stuff, but somebody needed to hear that tonight. Because it wasn't in my plans, and usually I find that when something comes up on this platform that was not in the notes, uh, uh, God knew who was going to be here. And if that's you, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you'll make the right choice. I'm praying that you'll make the right decision. I don't even know what it is. But please listen to that voice and listen to the Holy Spirit. Because I'm telling you, He's always right. Well, how do I know if it's the Holy Spirit? Back it up with the Scripture. I don't know if it's the Scripture is right. What is the Holy Spirit saying? Amen? Oh, three minutes overtime. we got to pray. Chapter 3 next week. It's going to kind of be intense next week, so bring somebody with you. 